Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Today is week four of our series, Amazing Grace. Enjoying it so far? I love how Pastor Mark uh, unpackaged last week. It's like he just laid a, a very good foundation. And, I really, and, and because, uh, because of that, I, uh, while I was uh, preparing for this, I was just following what he already has said and what he has already laid. So week four of Amazing Grace. Today we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 11. So let's first read and then we'll, I'll give you a little background of what's going on. And like what Pastor Mark said, the best way to know Scripture is really to know it on its entirety or as a whole. So let's first read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 11. Remember this, I'm reading out of the NIV. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Verse 10, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your, increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result, will result in thanksgiving to God. Amen? You've probably heard this verse Many times we have used this verse when it comes to uh, in the area of giving. In fact, our envelopes has that. For God loves a chill giver. And you're probably now, you're nervous. Oh man, he's going to talk about giving. And sorry, but yes, I'm going to talk about giving. But hey, uh, hold on to your seat because I want to show you something. I believe God revealed this to me because I myself was surprised to see that I have, I have been seeing this verse so differently from how it was intended. So first, let me give you a background. And to give you a background, let me give you another background from Pastor Mark last week. He, he made mention last week that it is what follow, or behavior always follow identity. We need to know first who we are so that we can know what to do. Amen? So this is an area of giving. So putting that uh, principle to work, if what to do is giving, what do you think is the identity? Okay, keep that in mind. So the background. So Paul was writing to the Corinthians, and he's reminding them that, look, guys, a year ago, you promised that you were going to give to the church in Jerusalem. Now it's almost one year, so I'm going to send Titus over to just to, uh, to be able to collect that promise that you're about to give. So, and that's where he's, uh, he's he, and go ahead and bring back 2 Corinthians 9, 5. And this is what it says before, verse, before 6. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangement for the generous gift you had promised. So they promised that they would give to the church of Jerusalem a year earlier. So Paul is reminding them. So, and this is one of the things that he reminded them. For the generous gift you had promised, then it will be ready 
as a generous gift, not as one grudgedly or grudgingly given. All right? So that's what he's telling them. And then, now bring it back to verse 6. Then he says, remember this. At first I said, wow, why start a, a, a sentence by remember this? Was there something said before that they might have forgotten? Or is he making a very good point to say, remember, remember, remember this. You know how you're trying to make, uh, you, you want to make your, uh, your, uh, your statement more impactful? You, you want to use uh, certain words? Hey, remember, remember. So Paul was saying that, remember this. And he says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And we have said this so many times when it comes to giving. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It so happened that the chapter before this, Paul was also reminding them that, look guys, give according to what you have. Don't give according to what you do not have. Then, of course, he goes on to say that give not grudgingly or not reluctantly or under compulsion. And that's why every time we speak of giving, we, 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 we always say it from the pulpit. You are not obligated to give. Please, don't, if you're visiting with us, please don't feel obligated to give. Okay? So, uh, so that's, that's, that's where it came from. Do not feel reluctant or under compulsion, for God loves a triple giver. And then it says this, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And God is able to bless you abundantly. As I was preparing this message, I got stuck on this. I believe God wanted to show me something about this verse, or this passage particularly. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. It's so easy to conclude that the reason why God will bless you abundantly is because you gave, because of the way the passage is written. Correct? Because it's give. Give, out, not out of compulsion, not of reluctance, but give with a cheerful heart. And then he says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. You can easily conclude that. That, oh, so if I give uh, with a cheerful heart, God will be able to bless me abundantly. And I believe some of us have probably fallen into that. We probably have believed that also. And yes, God is able to do that. Okay? But there's one thing that uh, I think God really impressed in my heart. What this is talking about, this passage, the one that's underlined, is God's ability to bless us. It is his, his ability. And in reality, I think we, I want to say it's safe to say that almost everybody is confident. There's no doubt in our heart that God is able to do that. Would you agree? Can you say with, uh, with passion and with confidence, yes, I believe that God is able to bless abundantly. Amen? But the question I believe that really comes to mind is, but is God willing to bless me abundantly? The quietness just says the answer right there. Right? Don't raise your hand. Don't need to raise your hand. Have you ever felt that way? Or you ever felt like, yes, I believe 100% that God is able to bless abundantly. I mean, the world believes that. 
the world has associated or has said that the acts of God are tsunamis, earthquakes, all of this, and they call it acts of God. The world knows that God is powerful, that God has the ability. And, uh, and like, what we, uh, like what I just did, I think a lot of us understand that. We're confident that God is able to bless abundantly. But the real question is, but is God willing to bless me abundantly? Amen? And because, and because of that very question, I think two things have come up when it comes to blessing and the idea of blessing and the idea and the concept of blessing. And that's really how the enemy works regarding the Word of God. He either makes it so controversial that the church don't want to talk about it, or he makes so casual of it that it loses the meaning of it. It loses what it really was intended for. And I believe that's what's been happening to the blessing that God has placed on the church, or the blessing in itself, the idea and the concept of blessing. What I mean by that is this. We have made... The word blessing or God bless you. Oh, bless you, my brother. So casually that when somebody goes, Hachoo! what do we say? Bless you. Oh, thank you, brother. Bless you. Or if we have, we're in a party and they know you're the believer, you're the Christian, what do they ask you to do? Bless the food. So casual. Or, or, or perhaps we're living in the Instagram, Instagram generation. We go to the mall. I love using this example. We go to the mall. We see an item that we don't need, but it's on 50% off. So we buy it with the money that we don't have so that we can impress people that we don't even like. And then we take a picture of it and we hashtag it, blessed. See it? That's how casual we have made the blessings of God to be. Right? You like that, right? And if you cannot laugh, just say, ouch. You know, if that's you, <laughs> I hear somebody say, ouch. So that's how it has become so casual. And then on the other side of it, we made the blessing of God so difficult to obtain that, in fact, I think within the church, we always have this perception or assumption that you have to do ministry to be blessed by God. You probably have believed, oh, Pastor Mark is blessed because he's a pastor, right? Oh, Armin is blessed because he's, he's standing there looking good under the light. <laughs> right? But we always have, we have associated the blessings of God on people who do things for God. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you think so? And, because of, and it really is because of that first question that I asked you. Do you believe that God is willing to bless you? We have, a, we have a little boy in our life group. Uh, very, a true story. We have a little boy in our life group. Whenever uh, him and his sister would go to the store and he sees something that he likes, he would always tell his sibling, my daddy's going to get me that. My daddy's going to get me that. My daddy's going to get me that. I mean, I love it. I love that spirit. And I was telling the father, man, I love that spirit. Because that really is the spirit that God wants us to have. Why? Because the boy is saying, my daddy's going to get me that. He's showing or he's believing two things. That his daddy is capable, that he can afford that. And the second thing, which, is the more, which, which I believe is uh, what we're trying to get to is, my daddy is willing to get it for me. My, daddy will get, my daddy's going to get me that. I love it. I love that spirit. 
That really is the spirit that, uh, that I believe when God said, I have, I have given you the spirit of, of sonship because that really is what God wants from us. To believe him that he's able, and that's what Terry was saying earlier, that he's able, and more importantly, he is willing. He is willing. And that's why it's, that's what makes it so amazing that he is not just able, but he is so willing. And that's what I, I want to show you, okay? We got time. <laughs> So, that's what I, I want to get to. So, remember that my daddy is going to get me that. It shows you that your dad is able and your dad is willing. So, let's look. Let's look at what is it. Let's, gonna, let's try to uh, break down those two thoughts. So, is blessing from God or for the special few that serves him up in the pulpit, up in ministry? Or is it for everyone? Or is it so casual that who, who needs the blessings of God? I mean, yeah, I can hashtag, oh, or green light, hashtag bless. So let's look. And, and I want us to look at first in the, very, in the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. It is when God created, okay, I got the Bible. <laughs> it is when God first created Adam and Eve. Most of us know this. So in verse 27, this is what it says. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God created man. So what was the first thing that God did after his creation? Want to take a guess? Bless. Oh, you guys are good. Then God, verse 28... Then God blessed them. Then God blessed them. That was the first thing that God did when he created man and woman. God blessed them. And God said to them, then came the work. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over everything on this earth. So what came first? The blessing before the work. Even before Adam did anything, God said, or God did what? He blessed them. Okay, so what's so special about that, Armin? What's so special that, that God said, oh, I'm blessing you? See, there's the thing. So first, we, we, have, uh, we made the point that the blessing is not a result of you working or doing things for God. Amen? It is not the result of you doing things for God. Just, it's not, uh, Pastor Mark is not blessed because he stands here every Sunday looking good. Okay, all that uh, clean, uh, clean attire, all that. Amen? We want to know what is the foundation why Pastor Mark is so blessed. That's what I'm trying to get to. First, we have established that it is not the result of what you do because God blessed Adam even before he did anything. Even before he... Uh, blessing came before God said, now do this. And that's what Pastor Mark established last week. Remember? If all you have is to do, to do, to do without first knowing your identity, that's when Christianity becomes dragging. Or I would, have, uh, I would say it another way is, lordship without relationship is really just religion. That's what it is. If all you have is something to do and you have no identity, it is going to be very dragging. Amen? So then God blessed them, and then he says, go, now do this. Dominate. 
Okay? Uh, subdue the earth. So that's the first thing. Now, when it comes to blessing, we see the very, the very first thing that God did is to bless them. According to uh, Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical the uh, Theology, long word, uh, Baker's, uh, the, uh, uh, Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology, God's intention and desire to bless humanity is always the central focus of God's covenant relationship with man. It's always his central focus. It's to bless us, bless us, and to bless us. That's his intention, and that's his desire. So that means he's always willing, because it's his, it's his intention to bless humanity in this relationship, in this covenant relationship. There's always a willing heart of the Father to bless humanity, because that's his intention for this covenant promise, for this covenant relationship. So, the, so he goes on to say that, and because for that very reason, you see blessings all over the Bible. It's all over. It's written all over the Bible because that's his intention and that's his desire. And the two ideas comes out out of that. That the blessing, and this is where grace comes in. You're probably wondering, where's grace? He keeps talking about blessing. This is where grace comes in. The idea of that blessing is really, if someone is declared to be under the favor of God. That's what it means. When God says, when, when God blessed Adam, what he's saying is, you are under my favor. And the very definition of grace is the favor of God. So like what Pastor Mark said last week, when, when he read out of Titus where it says, and Jesus, uh, <clears throat> Jesus, I'm sorry, that grace did not, or grace was not absent in the past. It's just that it was truly revealed in Jesus Christ. But it's always been there. God has always been moving in His grace, in His graciousness. So that was the first idea of blessing. That it is a declaration that the favor of God is on you whenever God says you are blessed. The second idea behind it, which, which I love, is that when you are blessed or a blessing is spoken over you, it is an empowerment for prosperity and success. Imagine that. I love it. I love I, I, When I was reading it, man, I love this thing. I mean, you can never go wrong with God. You can never go wrong. So what it's really saying is, you, if you're blessed, if there's a blessing on you, then God is giving you an empowerment to prosper and to succeed in life. Who does not want that? You don't want that? Everybody wants that, right? I, I believe everybody has experienced where we, we try, we try, we try, we try to succeed in our life. How many of you have been trying to save or trying to get a better job or just to get this uh, relationship going, but yet it seems like it's always failing? See? But when the blessing of God, if His hand of blessing is upon it, you, ha you, you have the empowerment to prosper and to succeed. That's what the blessing of God does. And that's why the very first thing that God does to man is to do that. It's to empower man. So, how, so going back to uh, identity first, before what to do, what God told Adam to do is dominate the earth. But how could, it, how could he have take dominion over the earth 
if there's no empowerment. And I believe that's why Jesus, even when in the gospel, it says that apart from me, you cannot do anything. Because if you take Jesus out of the picture, if you take God out of the picture, there is no empowerment in you to prosper and to succeed in the things that you do for the kingdom. That's why you want, you want the blessings of God. Amen? It's not so casual. See, now it's not so casual anymore. It's not just a hashtag that we write. Or it's not just, uh, it's not just something that we say to somebody who sneezes. But it's really an endowment of God's power on you to say, okay, I, will, uh, I can imagine it this way. It's like a pore spilled around you where God, wherever you walk, it's causing success to happen in your life. It's, it's like a magnet. I call it, uh, I guess it's a success magnet. The favor of God is like a success magnet, um, which reminds me of a story. True story. Okay, let me just drink. You guys still here? My declaration of faith, which follows my wife's. I know Elmer's, uh, Elmer was uh, beginning to get into it. But my wife, for so many years, she's always been, she's always been declaring, I am Jesus' favorite. I am Jesus' favorite. So because she's been declaring that for so many years, my declaration is always, then I must be the high-favored one because I got the favorite child of God. <laughs> Isn't it? And of course, Brother Elmore has uh, picked up on it, and he's, uh, he's now he's also declaring it. I am Jesus' favorite. Church, that's what, how faith works. When you begin to declare things that are not as if they are, you make things that's already been promised by God. You have uh, going ahead of myself. But that's how it works. That's how faith works. When it is promised by God, through Jesus, we have that righteous foundation to declare it to happen. Because it's already said it's finished. That's how faith works. Okay, where am I? Oh, true story. Sorry, that's <laughs> the story. So that, that has been my declaration. In fact, I changed the way I look at Mondays now. And this past two weeks, because, you know, sometimes Monday is dragging. Come on. Truth be told, Monday is dragging, right? Who wants to go to work on Monday? I have to go to work on Monday. We always have to go to work on Monday. So I began to change the way I look at Monday. And this is what I say now when I, when I go to work. Whew, it's Monday. I'm going to go get my harvest. I'm going to go get my harvest. It's Monday. You know, change the way you look at it. Change your perspective. It's, uh, God has given you your job as an opportunity. So take, it, take your harvest. Amen? So that's how I change things now. A story, okay? That's what I was going to say. A true story. Um, at work, we have this uh, canteen that we go to, and we frequent it to buy lunch all the time. So a bunch of us, my coworkers will always drive there to get lunch. My coworker has been observing me every time I would buy lunch. And he has observed that one day he just couldn't help it. And so he, he blurted it out and said, man, Armin, what is it with you? He goes like this, what is it with you, man? I don't know what it is with you. But every time that they serve you food, they put so much on your plate. I was like, they put so much. And then he would look at the other guys. See, look at that guy. It's like very little, but look at your plate. They put so much on your plate. Highly papered. <laughs> now, is it because of what I do for the church? Somebody might think, yeah. Hey, yeah, of course, look at you. All my claim is uh, perhaps I had a good haircut this week. That's all it is. Efren Olibario over there. Man, I don't even get it. Okay, let's move on. 
So we have established, well, we have established two things. We have established that the blessing is not an outcome or a result of you working things for God. We have established that even before Adam has done anything, the blessing was there. We have also established that blessing is not a casual thing. It is the very endowment of empowerment that God puts on us or uh, that uh, he, uh, in, uh, is that an invocation on us so that we can prosper and that we can, we can succeed in this life. And like what I said, the blessing is all over the Bible. Another person that's very familiar is Abraham. Abraham was another man. Go ahead and uh, go to uh, chapter 12. Verse 2, here, show you again, same pattern. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So which came first? Abraham, you're going to be a blessing. Go bless people. Or was it, before, or was it I will bless you, then you can become a blessing? Clear, right? It's the same pattern. God, identity is always before what you do. It is an empowerment by God so that you can do what God calls you to do. That's why church have the confidence to do the things that God calls you to do. I'm speaking to myself. Okay, have that confidence. When God calls you for something, he will never, 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 never not provide for the things that you need when he has asked you to do something. Amen? So it says here, you will be a blessing. Ever wonder what that blessing is that God spoke about in Abraham? Well, you can find it in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's go there really quick. And this is the blessing uh, coming out of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. And all these blessings, remember the word blessing, an empowerment for prosperity and success. An invocation by God to say that you have my favor. So this is what God told Abraham. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Location is not where the blessing is. It is on you. It follows you. Your fruit of the womb you will be blessed and the crops of your land, the youth of your livestock, the calves of your herd and the lambs of your flocks. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Verse 8, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns on everything you put your hand to, the Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. You know that's so true? The Lord will send a blessing on your barn and on everything you put your hand to. I've been trying to get rid of my weeds in my yard and it has not died. It keeps growing back because I keep touching it. <laughs> Next uh, slide, please. Uh, verse 12, the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouses of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands you will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them. You will always be at the top, never at the bottom. So do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today so that, uh, to the right or the left of following other gods and serving them. Do you know that this is the same blessings that we get? This is the very same blessings. Can you just go ahead and jump to Galatians chapter 3, verse 9 and 29? That blessing was what was spoken to Abraham. 
And of course, in verse 3 of uh, chapter 12 of Genesis, it says that, that through you, Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So that same spoken blessing through Abraham can be on us. It can manifest in our life. But how? Through Abraham. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs, and heirs according to the promise. Church, there's, there's the foundation why we can claim the blessings of God. It's to be a seed of Abraham. And, and how, how do you do it? It says, if you belong to Christ, if you belong to Christ, if you, uh, Pastor Mark made that great example last week about the $100 bill. How do you get a $100 bill richer? Oh, you guys are not here last week? <laughs> Nobody here last week? How? You receive it. Unfortunately, nobody got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that Pastor Mark is bad, okay? It was an example. Nobody received it because nobody went up to the stage and got it. Isn't that right, Pastor Mark? That's the reason why nobody got it. Nobody, ever, nobody went up to the stage. But that's how you do it. Church, the grace of God, the abundant, the favor of God, which is really the grace of God, the empowerment to prosper and succeed in life, is received by faith. It is not because you, you, you we're, we're doing what we're doing. What we do after we receive Christ, we do out of the love of God. And that's what the New Testament law of love is all about. Do things out of love. And uh, we had volunteers earlier. And we're believing that we're all doing it out of love. It says uh, that's the law of love in the New Testament. The two things out of love. And Paul describes that love does not seek to benefit itself. That's why we volunteer. That's why we do what we do. We are not seeking to benefit ourselves. If you are doing it with the wrong mentality that, oh, God would bless me, I can, <laughs> I can assure you, you will get frustrated. Because that's just not the way God works. The, the, though Pastor Mark mentioned earlier Hebrews chapter 6, but remember that very verse says that I will not forget the things that you do for me in love. Amen? So, so how do we walk in this blessing? We walk in this blessing by receiving the seed that was promised, which is Christ himself. Because Christ himself made the way for us to walk in this blessing. Christ himself, as Pastor Mark has already said, he is the full manifestation of grace. He is the manifestation of the favor of God walking on earth. And that's the only way, church. That is the righteous foundation to receive the blessing of God is by receiving what Christ has done. There really is no other. And that's, all, and that's what I, I love about grace is that it's so amazing that there is nothing in you that qualifies you to receive it. And because there is nothing in us that qualifies us to receive it, it makes everybody qualified to receive it. <laughs> Hope you got that. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Father, thank you that through Christ, we have a righteous foundation to declare and to receive all the blessings you have for us. Before we dismiss, I just want to pray. 
You've been hearing me say the favor of God, the grace of God, the blessings of God. But yet you're here and you know that you're not walking in it. I want to pray for us. You know, I really wish, I really, it is my desire that all of us would walk in, that, in, in the fullness of the blessing of God. Christ gave so much up on the cross to die on the cross so that we can have so much. I said, let's not waste what he has given to us. Amen. Let's receive everything that we can get. So before we dismiss, we'll, we'll pray for that. But at the same time, I just also want to pray. If you're here today, and probably this thing is just, you, you, you're, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And all, uh, and all it is to you is like, wow, so what must I do then to receive the favor of God? Well, like what I said, you got to receive what Christ has done in the cross because that is the righteous foundation. And if you're here today and you've never done that, you've never prayed the prayer of salvation, you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ, I want to pray with you. But before I pray with you, I want to know who you are and also want to be able to see who you are so we can pray together. So if that's you, by chance, before we dismiss, is there anybody here who has not prayed that prayer before? You can just raise your hand so I can identify you. Anybody here? Okay, I see that hand. Yes. Anybody else? Okay, so we got one. We got another one. Yes, I see your hand. I see your hand. Yes. We're going to pray for We're going to pray together. Church prayer is, is a simple way to communicate with God what we want or what we desire of Him. So let's just go ahead and pray and then we will dismiss. For those of you that raise your hand, just uh, follow along with my prayer. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for willing, for your willingness to die at the cross. And because of your death, my sins are forgiven. The curse of the law has been redeemed from my life. And Lord, I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I dedicate my life to you. And Father, come into my heart and do a work in my heart that only you can do. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Amen. If that was you, then raise your hand at the end of the service. What, we want, what I would like you to do is if you can make your way to that table over there that says one-to-one, -one, we have a gift for you. It's uh, called one-to-one, -one, and it's going to help you to develop what you just began, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? So if that's you, please make your way. Let's just pray. Uh, I just want to pray over uh, the church, and, and then we'll dismiss. Let me just read Psalms 91 over us. You know, there's been a lot of news about what's going on in China. And there's, a lot of, there's been a lot of fear that's, and uh, people has just been, uh, I don't know, is a little bit crazy. So let me just uh, read Psalms 91. Father, thank you. Psalms 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snares of the fowler or from the perilous pestilence.
He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you, shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall come upon me and then I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, I speak this over our church. I pray, Father, for safety as we go along this week. And yes, Father, we declare that we have a righteous foundation for your blessing because of your son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, teach our mouth to speak it. Teach our mouth, Father, to declare it, that we are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed because of Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen.